Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Sean Allen. Sean, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I am... Um... Again, my name is Sean Allen. I'm, uh, I'm an investor here in Ontario and Canada, um, mainly focusing on flips right now, but uh, also do other variations of real estate investing. So rentals and um, we're actually getting into some real estate development right now. But flips and wholesales are, are our main sort of uh, you know course of action right now. Uh, I've been doing it full time for about five years. Um, I worked uh, 18 years in human resources in uh, corporate life <laughs> before that. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's me in a nutshell. I got a wife, two young boys. So you were uh, you were doing a presentation, and I wanted to go see it, and I didn't get to go see it. So now I want to uh, try and get the condensed version, all the meat and uh, none of the fluff, if there was any. And, uh, sure. so just uh, tell me about uh, your presentation, and I'll cut you off throughout to ask you questions. <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about the uh, flipping 101, basically, is what it was. Um, so the, the meat of, of the presentation really was kind of not really, you know, how do you flip a house, because you know, that sort of, it's pretty basic. Everyone knows, okay, you paint, right? You put in flooring, that sort of stuff is pretty easy. You can find that anywhere on the internet. Um, but I was more talking about, you know, how do you find deals? Um, how do you sort of fund those deals? Um, for example, you know, we talked about um, uh, how to find deals. So people are always complaining, there's no deals out there. You can't find anything. And we're constantly buying things at 40 to 60 cents on the dollar. Um, which seems unreal to most people, but there's plenty of those deals out there if you know how to uncover them. And one of the things that uh, I spoke about um, that was pretty interesting, I think, to most is that it's not necessarily that you're finding those deals, but that you're making them, right? So if you can find something, I'll give you an example, find something on MLS. Right? So I found a, um, a property which actually had three different houses on it, um, on the commercial side, what they were all the three of the houses were residential, but because they were on the same lot, they ended up putting them on the commercial MLS and putting it out that way. So I think a lot of people bypass that and miss the opportunity to see what that could be. Is that going to make your financing a mess? Like, is it something that you're going to have to uh, get commercial financing for? Well, I don't get conventional financing for pretty much anything right now. We use private investors for all of our deals. Um, so regardless of what it's it's categorized as right now, uh, it doesn't matter to me. What really matters to me is what's the end game? What can I do with that property? Um, so the purpose is, you know, to find that we found that property. It was in the wrong sort of segment, so a lot of people bypassed it. It looked really terrible on the outside. But if you dug a little bit deeper, I was able to find a really good deal. Um, I'm just going to have to, you know, re sort of redo the way that it's set up and turn it into residential and, and um, you know, sever the, the, the lots and stuff. So at that point, then it just becomes residential lots and you're reselling them as residential. That, that makes a lot of sense. They were just, uh, just talking about uh, that's just one way, right? So you're not necessarily – that just doesn't fall into your lap because you found it on MLS and everyone else missed it, but you're making a deal, right? You're, you're taking something that doesn't look like it's, 
it's um, it, it's formulated one way, and then you're rearranging it to work for you, right? And then I think that's um, you know a lot of times you can find those on MLS and privately, um, but that's making a deal instead of finding it, right? Do you have any other examples of that? Um, yeah, was re- you can repurpose a, a lot of different properties. I think you know something that might have been you know a duplex, you can turn it into a single family, vice versa. Yeah. Um, you know, commercial back into residential, residential into commercial. I think there's just different ways. You have to be very creative, right? So when you're looking for stuff, you have to keep your eyes open and your sort of mind open as well too. Instead of just sort of going through each and every property. So. Um, one of the other, excuse me. One of the other things that we talked about was how do we because I do such a big volume, you know. If you look at if you're doing say 30 properties a year as a flip, mm-hmm. how many houses are you actually looking at, right? Because if you put it in a funnel to get 30 out, like are you looking at 200, 300, 500 houses? And the best way to to do that is to you know cipher uh, cipher through. Um, the majority of houses that you can before you have to actually go and look at one, right? So when we look at something, we want to make sure that we can get it at 40 to 60 cents on the dollar before we even go look at it. The worry that I'm thinking about whenever I'm doing that is that you, you might like just sift past some of the, the good deals. I have the same problem because I get overwhelmed with emails for, for deals. Maybe give me some tips. How, how do I get through all these emails? How do I sift these down so I'm not wasting so much time like trying to go through all these? Yeah, and I don't think you're going to always be 100%, right? You're going to miss things. So it's just no matter you know what industry you're in, you're going to miss stuff as you siphon through. But um, I don't know how to help you with emails. I'm more talking about like MLS deals and yeah, deals that yeah, come yeah. through, right? Sorry, but, but I imagine you know, all that I'm using wholesalers, so I, I get all these yeah. emails. Yeah, but it's got to be similar, right? Well, and I think, yeah, if you're, you just have to have a formula and stick to the formula. So if it doesn't meet that number, um, so a basic formula, again, 46 cents on the dollar. If it doesn't meet that number based on the ARV, then I'm not looking at it. Numbers don't lie, right? So you can't force something to work if it doesn't actually make the numbers work. There's, I found a couple tricks like to get make numbers work is to try and like just uh, seller financing or getting some sort of way to uh, if they were interested in interest only or some sort of funny sure. things. But besides that, it's really you can't really fudge the numbers. You can't. It, it's just if you can make them slightly change, but uh, you can only do so much. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think uh, well, finding the deal uses a number of different ways, right? So a lot of um, I guess beginning investors are just all they're looking at is the MLS or they're trusting a real estate agent to just bring them something. Right. Um, but there's all kinds of different ways to find it. Right. There's MLS is a big one for sure, but there's also private deals. And the way to get private deals is you can go door knocking, you can do yellow letters, you can send out direct mail, ad mail, um, you know, yeah. we buy houses signs, right. There's all kinds of different ways to sort of do gorilla type marketing um, and, you know, of course, real estate agents are good as well, but you want to get a real estate agent who really knows investing, exactly. right? So the average real estate agent who is just doing residential homes and is not focused on investing really doesn't know um, the criteria that you need. And they might not understand, you know, you tell them, oh, I want a house 46 cents on the dollar. They're going to say, that doesn't exist, right? I get that all the time. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you get the, the right agent that can help you and understands that, maybe does flips themselves. They know what it takes to get it. They can really help you with that. 
Yeah. And then, of course, there's the, the for sale by owners. Um, there's all kinds of different ways to find deals. Yeah, and even uh, for me, because I, I guess I don't know if the term is lazier, but I, <laughs> I, efficient. I, I like to, I'm willing to pay the wholesaler for doing all that work for me. Uh, Absolutely. This makes real estate investing a lot simpler. I can still find good deals. I can sift through a lot of deals and I don't have the time. You know, if you have the time to do the wholesaling, you can find way better deals than even what I'm getting. But you know, I don't, at this point, I'm. I don't know, lazy or just <laughs> yeah. shortcutter. Well, I call that efficient, Glenn. So <laughs> okay, I like that. That sounds way better than lazy. <laughs> hey, well, listen, wholesaling is great. It's great, but the word of caution on wholesale. So you really need, as the investor, just because the wholesaler is telling you that you know the ARV is this much and it's worth this much and the rentals are this much, you really need to do your own due diligence. And as, as much as you, you know, even if you the trust the wholesaler and he's great, it's still a difference in your mind versus theirs, right? So you want to make sure that you're doing your own due diligence as well. And that goes with when agents are bringing you stuff too, right? You really need to understand what your ARV is. That's your key number, uh, something you have to really understand. How do you determine how much things are going to cost? Like, how do you know what your rental budget is going to be? And I think initially when you start and you're a beginner and if you don't have any construction experience, you don't have any renovation experience, you need to find, either bring someone with you that can explain it to you and really break it down, or you need to have a really good checklist, which lots of them are available online, that can tell you that, okay, baseboard is this much a linear foot. And then you just add things up as you go, right? And just itemize everything. I can go through a house now and just make it you know running total in my head but when i first started i had to write everything down add it up you know verify it twice make sure that and if there's things that i was uncertain of i'd go online and, and double check right so you might miss some things but you have to be really diligent with that and i think that's the best way is to just write it down and, and keep it running total i like to do a video too when i walk through with the phone and then i yeah. can because i've you know, I forget that that one room had wallpaper that I'm going to have to take off. <laughs> Just like little, little things will slip my mind that the, the camera will re, re-trigger. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, funding is pretty simple. We, uh, we use private investors, right? So um, we'll take funding for um, from RSPs, from cash, um, and obviously they're getting a greater you know, return than they would with through the regular RSP. So, so uh, it's you, pretty simple, pretty basic. I was going to say, do you use yours? Uh, are they uh, the loans like secured or are they unsecured on the property? Yeah, both. We so usually with um, you know if it's for a full sort of <coughs> excuse me if it's for a, a full renovation and it's for a full flip, then their title sorry the mortgage would go on title. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And I know obviously if it's an RSP, you're going to go on title because I don't think you, can you do that without going on title for an RSP? No, you cannot. And it has to it goes through a trust company, and so they regulate to make sure that it's actually going uh, as a mortgage register to get those. That's excellent. I almost yeah. should have you back to do just a full show on that. <laughs> yeah, the, the the only really downside to um, I shouldn't say it's a downside, but the only sort of limitation to RSP is they only go up to a certain percentage, right? It's higher than you would get from a regular bank, but it's still only 95, 100%, right? Whereas, you know, sometimes if you are buying a, a property and you've got an investor that is just putting cash in the deal, they can finance and give you the purchase price and the renovation money. Where do you find all your private lenders? 
Um, right now, it's um, I'm getting a little bit more well known, and people know who I am. So a lot of word of mouth right now. Yeah. Um, you know, trust factor is really high when people are lending you money. So yeah. having a great track record is is a is a great barrier to getting new people in. Um, but in the beginning, um, I really was just sort of relying on mortgage brokers uh, to help find me people. And then it just spread out from there um, where I would find hard money lenders that actually came to me. And, yeah, you know, you quickly get a network, right? You know where to go and how to how to find the people. That's the big name of the game because no matter how rich you are, you're going to run out of money unless you're – Oh, for sure. There, there's some recycling techniques with the burrs and stuff. But, like, yeah. it's still, like, uh, that's what I do. And I'm still – I have to let deals go by because I only have so much – money to recycle so it's in limbo or it's in work right now so i have to pass on stuff which is well you send those my way then okay <laughs> okay <laughs> all right well you, you, i don't know i don't think you're gonna want mine most of mine are uh, down in the uh, alabama there <laughs> oh okay all right yeah roll time yeah <laughs> but i i am still open to canada and i was actually uh, i was thinking about going back into to brantford again just because it's so close Sure. Yeah, of course. Well, and you know, as, as Cambridge and Kitchener Waterloo sort of get up in price and get harder to, to invest in, especially for flips, if you're doing flips, right? I just finished one in Cambridge, which I actually bought from a wholesaler. It turned out to be a really good deal. So, I mean, there still is deals to be made, but, um, you know, there's definitely, I think, easier markets yeah. to pick and choose from. And where, where are you located? So I basically run the corridor. So I'll do anything in in, um, um, in in around the London area. So Southwest Ontario, basically. Yep. Um, so anything from KW to uh, London is kind of the main area, but I'll do anything really. Bradford, Sarnia, we're in Peterborough. Um, you know, I've done Guelph. So we'll go where the deal is. So having, uh, being in so many different markets, uh, are your contractors willing to travel for you or do you have different teams in different cities? Yeah. So, uh, it's a good question. Um, contractors have been really a difficult, um, portion of the business for the last year or the last couple of years, really hard to find qualified guys, really hard to find people that, uh, that you can get into the mix and that will stay with you, right? And not jump to someone else. Yep. So yep. We've, we've had some difficulties that way, but I've hooked up with uh, some good people that will travel a little bit. Um, and then otherwise, it's really just piecing people together. So what else do we need to know? Tell me everything. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. You kind of put me on the spot here. <laughs> One thing I should mention is, uh, you know, what, what do you need to know? I think uh, a good thing is really mindset, really. So I talked about mindset when I was at uh, Luke's group and, you know, talking about how easy it really is to, to find, you know, sort of the actionable type stuff, right? Like, how do you do a flip? How do you do this, right? But what it comes down to for a lot of people and why they quit so quickly is they just don't have the right mindset to do it. And what, what I mean by that is, you know, it's really easy to, if you lose money in the first deal or dingle, right, the first time, because you're learning, right, when you first do it. And it's a very difficult thing, especially if you're counting on it to be your main source of income. And if this isn't your full-time job. Or conversely, if you've got a full-time job and you're trying to do it on the side, you know, that weighs heavily too, because you're trying to do the life balance thing too, right? So I think working on your mindset and, uh, you know, really 
giving yourself that sort of leeway to be able to learn and, and to, um, you know, just to be more positive about it is, is a big, big stepping stone. My first property that I ever bought went terrible. I did like, uh, I was at the landlord tenant board. We did a full eviction. The police were involved cause there was stolen stuff in the building and <laughs> everything went bad. And I, through the property i went and sold it right afterwards and i was yeah. like i'm done i'm never doing real estate again and then i sat there and you think about it and you go you know what it wasn't that bad no it's really really um really difficult sometimes to separate the emotion from like you said just sitting back and and what's the reality well was it really that bad was it as bad as it was in my mind and typically it's not right Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. I know you're another busy guy out there. Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure.